Why is it that we needed a Facebook in middle school? And what are we trying to do when we post into the Twitter void? I'm Max Fay. And I'm Caroline Dowden. And this is more content for you. Caroline. Max. <laughs> Sup. Hey, what's up with you? We were just talking in our little like pre-show thing about how great Back to the Future is. Um, oh, I know. I just we both discovered that we have letterboxed accounts. Maybe that's for a future obviously. episode. Though. I figured you had one. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean that is for a future episode. Like, how do we track what we do? Um, but yes. Yeah, Back to the Future. This episode is brought to you by Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. If only. If only. Michael J. Fox, if you're listening, wait, he's still alive, right? Yeah, what if Michael J. Fox, like, reached <laughs> out and was like, I listen to your podcast. You're like, Oh my god. Well, our our first goal is getting Nathan Fielder to yeah, discover Nathan our Fielder. and to reach out to us in some way. Michael I J. Fox? I, followed, I think oh. I followed his account, not Michael J. Fox's, Nathan Fielder's Twitter account. I think I followed it from our more content for you Twitter. That's amazing. Follow back. I think I did. If not, I don't remember. If not, then I might do that after we record this. If anyone knows Nathan Fielder or Michael J. Fox for that matter, you know, you could you could let them know that that we're here. Just drop them a call. Just say, hey, I, I know this little podcast and you should listen to it. And while you're telling them that, you can go rate, review, and and subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, yeah, you totally should. Tell your your friends. We're still here. Hopefully, we're in trying times. Hopefully, this lightens the mood. Yeah. Um, Episode three. So, uh, you know. Speaking of lightening the mood. (laughs) Speaking. Okay, let's let's transition. Let's get to it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Our episode today is about the best best part of my day that's not that's not really true but it is it is enjoyable tiktok i think it could be like one of the most enjoyable part because i in a world that's not so enjoyable right now i think it very well may be one of the most enjoyable parts of anyone's day yeah that's That's a good point i mean how often do you get something that you could consistently go to for happiness yeah no (laughs) This is, I'm excited to dive into this. So yeah, we're, t- we're talking about TikTok. We're talking about TikTok. A social platform that doesn't make us tick. But doesn't make us talk? <laughs> Jesus. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm on my fourth cup of coffee, so here we go. Let's yeah. talk about TikTok. Okay. I feel like I'm going to get like tongue-tied. Just like the saying TikTok, talking about TikTok. What was that? It's like that, like Kesha song. Wasn't there a Kesha song? Was it called TikTok? Wasn't that the song that made her famous? TikTok. I think that might be the only Kesha song I've ever heard in my life. Unless there was another famous Kesha song that I don't remember, which is entirely possible. No, she's had some hits. I feel like she was very big um, when we were in middle school. I believe she had TikTok. She had "Your Love Is My Drug." Some other songs that I'm not too familiar with, but yeah, I wonder if she's on TikTok. I you bet know, she is. I bet she is. Okay, so uh, I have no good way to transition. What? Uh, how did TikTok make its way into your life? Oh, me? How did yeah. it make? It, oh my God! It's funny because I heard about TikTok like months and months ago in a pre-pandemic world i think i first i know that it's it's been around like to my surprise like it's been around for a couple years but i really started to hear about it i think like late 2019 um i was with i don't even remember like where i was i think i was with it might have been like during thanksgiving and just being with adults and people laughing like oh like this is this there's this app that like kids are using these days called tiktok and we don't like we don't know what the heck this is so that's i feel like that's when i first heard about it in talks and then i think you know i would hear it i would see something about it on social media or just hear people talk about it but then i think it really i think i started to notice it more when the pandemic started because i 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's how the app really started taking off with more people is when, you know, we were all quarantined and this was just an app and a platform to go to Mm -hmm. that just seemed like, honestly, it's just like an enjoyable and amusing way to pass the time. So, I mean, my, my former roommate and my very good friend, Katie had a TikTok. She still has a TikTok and our wonderful friend and editor, Emily, if you're listening, I mean, you will be listening shortly after this, but hello, your TikTok account is great. Um, Bank the shot. So clever. So yeah, I, I, I knew, so like I have, I've, had friends with TikTok accounts and I had the app downloaded since May, but I would go on the app just in support of my friends who would create videos and then publish their content on this app. But I feel like it took me until a couple weeks ago when I really started gaining an understanding of how this app was really designed and why and how you know, this concept of the app understanding the user and like how the algorithms work and whatnot. So yeah, it's, I feel like I just described the whole saga. That That's my journey. It's from like hearing adults joke about it to, you know. I'm surprised, I'm surprised to hear that you heard about it like as far away as last Thanksgiving. Cause well, what I don't did you think, hear? Well, so I mean, when did I first hear about it? I feel like I didn't hear about it until, like, January, maybe. Um, Maybe that's not true. Maybe I just ignored it and blocked it out. But uh, I I feel like it joined my my life. What a weird way to put that. It it became a part of my life, uh, uh, you know, not until January or so. And I didn't download it until, I guess, probably early April. I actually, I'm just remembering now, I actually got dinner with a friend of a friend in February who um, who worked for TikTok. And at the time, oh, I, didn't, I didn't use it at all. So I didn't really appreciate what was going on. Um, but that's, that's cool. And now I would love to talk to him again. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about, like, I wonder what it would be like to have worked at TikTok. And I'm just so curious about all, you know, just the, all of the technical aspects of it and how you, like, run the A-B testing and all of these other nerdy things that I could talk about, but maybe later on. I feel like um, at yeah. TikTok, it's like <laughs> not A-B testing. It's like A through Z, 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 Z. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, that's, um, that's way more accurate. I mean, I'm also curious what it's like to be there right now, right? Uh, with so much public oh, attention. God. I mean, we, we're yeah. going to get into that later, but um, yeah, so I downloaded it probably early April at the urging of my roommate, Natalie, who has a TikTok as well. Um, and she just like was gushing about it, how, how great it was. And I didn't quite get it, but I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> and like four days, four days later, there was, there was really no turning back. You give it, you give it a couple of days to get to know you. And it, it does, it does know you at that point. Mm-hmm. Are you in, or have you made any videos? Are you in a TikTok? Um, I've, I've not made any public videos. I've made videos to like play with the effects, see, see kind of how, how the whole process works. Um, but, but you know, what's great about TikTok is like, I would not necessarily be afraid to post something. Um, like, it, it there's so much on there and it's very much like people having fun and it's such a creative place that I feel like if you have any sort of idea it's not as like hostile as it could be in other parts of the internet um like it might not get torn down as much and you know I, I feel like that's just part of the reason that it's so successful is it creates an environment for people to kind of like put their most creative self out there no matter like who you are and and like kind of where you come from it, it just is this very it's this very nice uh, spot on the internet, and I will caveat that by saying that I see nice TikTok, and I know there are less nice parts of TikTok, and there's conspiracy theory TikTok, and there's just all sorts of things I don't know about because once again, it's so tailored to who I am. Uh, but I think for the most part, 
it's a, it's a fairly positive place. Yeah, totally. Um, that's funny that you say that you wouldn't be afraid of posting a video because I feel like I fall different and I would still hesitate. Maybe it's just because like I am just a shy person and I don't know if I could put myself out there in that capacity. But, but then again, I feel like if I actually, I mean, it, it is always coming from a good supportive place. And I, I feel like it's the first time I've, connected with an app that doesn't it doesn't seem like there's any bad energy where people are like posting negative comments or you know like bullying you in some way on the app or like other people so or at least not you know like you know no one's like being mean to you because your video sucks or whatever um but yeah I feel like but then like I feel like I would hesitate to post a video just because of like my you know, my timid personality or whatever, but then I feel like if I did, I feel like once I actually put post one video of doing whatever, then it just would get easier later on because then I would realize, oh, this wasn't so scary because we both believe that this platform has always come from a nice, positive place. It's sort of like making a podcast. <laughs> I was just, I was like thinking that I, mean, I was like, wow, the, well, you the know, first I was the so hardest. hesitant. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was so hesitant to record our first episode because I, you know, it's just so scary putting, especially just like in a time like this, it's scary to get your thoughts out because I feel like everyone's thoughts are so jumbled and it, everyone, I feel like we all feel like our minds seem so nonsensical because we're just, you know, we haven't really gotten our thought processes out in such a, you know, because we're all you know, not really connecting as much as we used to, but yeah, yeah. No, it, I, it wouldn't seem so scary. <laughs> I think we've, uh, I think we've zoomed in a little bit too much. I think we have to zoom out a little bit and just be like, what, uh, like, what do you enjoy about TikTok videos? And like, what do you think makes them as, as great as we both think they are? And, and why, why is this, you know, somewhere that we like to spend our time, you know, even in terms of just literally watching things, we could spend this time on YouTube. We could potentially spend this time on Quibi, though we're not going to do that. We could just be watching Netflix oh, yeah. instead. There's so many competitors to this and it's not, um, you know, it, it's getting our, it, we're choosing it. Uh, we're, we're deliberately choosing to spend our time there. So are you asking like, what is it about TikTok that I enjoy? Yeah. Um, on a basic level. I think, I mean, once you open the app, it's just, it, you know, something automatically appears that fits your interests, whether it's, like something that's travel related or just some dumb humor that you find hilarious right so yeah i think it's just that automatic like oh here's a video for you um and i feel like whether i'm on the app for five minutes or i should really look at my screen time because i don't know how much i i don't know how much time i spent on tiktok because it's only it hasn't been that long so i don't know not as long as I think most people are, but that could change because I imagine I'll be on TikTok more after recording this episode. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, so. literally, I was I was on TikTok right before. I was like, <laughs> That's just, so funny. I was scrolling, like, waiting for our convo. Um, that was funny because I haven't been on TikTok today. Anyways. It's, uh, always, it's always there waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just... It's just so, like, I mean, it's baffling, but also just so pleasant to see a video just appear, like, appear within five seconds before your eyes. You don't have to, like, go into the search bar and type in the video that you want. It's there. I mean, I just actually, I'm, I mean, now, I'm now thinking that, you know, a downside of TikTok in terms of, uh, like, mental health is, it is literally, like, infinite, right, in the sense that, even on Twitter, right, you eventually can scroll down to the last tweet you saw. On Instagram, it will tell you that you've seen everything, which I think that feature is changing, but, you know, we'll be grateful for oh. now. Facebook, we don't have to talk about. But, like, Twi TikTok, um, there's, always, there's always more, right? So, like, there is, there's really no limit to, to how much time you could spend on there and, and still feel like there's more to see. So are you saying that that's not a downside no that, that is it that is a downside that's not a great thing i think because it becomes much more difficult to kind of like uh set limits for yourself when you know 
if you're oh, yeah. if you're a completionist, then you could be like, okay, I saw all these tweets or I saw all these Instagram posts. But on t- on TikTok, there's no such thing, and it's not even like follower centric necessarily. So it's just kind of seeing whatever crops up that day. Yeah, I know. I I totally agree with that point. I will say that I think if you're spending. You know, I think comparing being on Twitter for 45 minutes and then being on TikTok for 45 minutes, I will say that I think the 45 minutes of spending your time on TikTok, I think, you know, it will, I think that does like generate a more positive mood. But I think, you know, at the same time, you're still like spending all of that time. And that could just, you know, I mean, it could like lead to some burnout in some way. And, you know, you're like, there's only like so much content on TikTok that you can consume in that matter of time. So I, I see, I see what you're saying from like a mental health perspective that it can be a lot on the brain. Yeah. Um, it, it will, it does. I think it does definitely, at least for me, I think it definitely generates like more, just more of a like jovial, like, you know, energy boost. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's for all sure. like nice content. <laughs> um, so let's move on to talk about probably the most interesting thing about TikToks, TikTok, oh. which is the politics of it all. Oh um, my God. It is so, it's just weird how, you know, this seemingly innocuous platform can cause so many complications. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly so fascinating. So, I mean, just to set a set a baseline summary of, of what's going on here and you can feel free to jump in here is uh you know tiktok is owned by ByteDance, which is a chinese company and ByteDance is technically an independent company but they've worked in the past with the chinese communist party and uh you know if it's a chinese company they're just it begs questions about about the interactions happening there and tiktok the app collects so much data about you and it's what it's what makes it so great right the algorithm is right. uh, is just fantastic it's it can identify you down to like the smallest little detail and it, it you know gives you the content that you want but at the same time you know that's only happening because it's collecting all the data it is collecting so questions come where you're like okay first of all do we like the idea of this chinese company having so, so much data on tens of millions of American TikTok users. And at the same time, we don't know what is happening in the algorithm. It's a, it's a black box, right? Um, so if right. there was a choice to, um, you know, drive content in a certain direction or try to push a certain um, agenda, they could totally do it. And no one would really know any better. Uh, it would just, you know, come across on TikTok as a more popular video or, or something like that. And as long as it's not like, egregious, they could really kind of um, choose what Americans on TikTok are seeing. And it's kind of a scary thought. Yeah. I, this is like the first, you know, topic that I've like, you know, out of just so many different issues that are happening right now, I feel like this is the first issue that I've kind of dabbled in that I don't really know what my opinion is. I could kind of see like both sides, which feels really weird to say. And, and I've like totally, I've hesitated to, you know, say this, but yeah, it's like, it's uncomfortable thinking that, you know, there's all this information about yourself that, you know, that a company is containing. It's weird. Well, yeah. And it's not just like, it's not so much just being a company. Like, of course, Facebook yeah. knows a ton about us. Google knows a ton about us. And like, there's issues, there's issues there, but you know, the way that government is structured in China is these companies are like basically like serve at the pleasure of the Chinese government in, in one way or another. And if the Chinese government wants something to happen, then it will happen. And this isn't to say like, you know, this isn't about whether or not the Chinese government is good, although I, they're, they're adversaries of the U.S. at the moment, but it's uh, more of a question of in any scenario, even if it was like German, like the German government, like, do you want a foreign country to have that amount of power over this really powerful, fantastic piece of technology that is truly influencing tens of millions of Americans every day? 
becomes a very like philosophical question and there's legal you know parts of it and that's like it's kind of the whole trump angle is the is the it's the legal part and can he actually ban it and stuff like that but i think like the philosophical part of it is almost more interesting and and um you know thinking about what are we losing if tiktok goes away but also is this tenable can we can we keep this around as is uh is is uh a very interesting discussion well, there are talks of like American companies like Microsoft buying TikTok. Do you think that's possible? Like, do you think that could actually happen? I mean, so it becomes a question of like, because there was rumors about Microsoft like buying TikTok, but then there becomes, uh, th- there was like a lack of clarity about whether they were buying the US um, like part of TikTok. I think it was like three countries. It was like, uh, I don't remember which countries, but U.S. was like one of them, and then the rest of TikTok would continue to be owned by ByteDance in China. And if that's the case, who owns the algorithm? Who uh, controls yeah. the data, the past data? Um, where does that all go? And it becomes very messy because once again, like TikTok, if, if Microsoft did not acquire the algorithm, TikTok without it is it's nothing. It's it's nothing. Exactly. It's not what, because it's originally like designed to, like it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to know the user as like, as weird and unsettling as it sounds, but then there's like, yeah, there's like a good, I don't know, like, I mean, there has been good that has come out of that, Mm -hmm. out of that purpose. So, yeah, I feel, yeah, you're right. Without, you know, this this algorithm like we don't really I feel like just the whole purpose changes and I feel like it's it wouldn't be the same as it could be as it used to be yeah I mean I think it's really hard to say whether or not on the whole TikTok is a good thing right now because in my heart I feel like it is I know the joy it has brought me I know the joy it has brought other people I talk to my boss about TikTok like it is it's all over the place and a ton of people love it right um, but there's like this big, big cloud hanging over it and it just, it complicates it. And it's going to be very interesting to see kind of what happens over the next six months with this and, you know, where things go from here, because it is, you know, whether it, the Trump administration has made it its mind already, although we'll see whether they have any legal authority to enforce it. But I don't even know what a, what a Biden administration would do with TikTok because it's, once again, it's yeah. not, it's not even partisan if any you know democrats have been so hard on big tech that i'd be inclined to think they would also want to do something with tiktok so i mean i would just venture to guess that come uh i would, come I six would months, guess that they would want to ban tiktok yeah that six months to a year from now it's gonna not be what it is now at least and that's that's kind of a it's kind of a shame in certain ways well then it, it, i feel like if we are if we're predicting that but then we, I feel like we have this new, you know, this new thing from Instagram, Instagram Reels, that's kind of emerging now, which, first of all, I feel like we can, I mean, I, I think we could totally save Instagram for another episode, but I'll just say that I feel like Instagram has, like, this brilliant mind behind it where it kind of takes ideas from other platforms, like with Snapchat, for example, and it kind of makes it into its own, you know, with this whole concept of stories. That's an extremely, extremely generous description of the copying that Instagram has done. No, and this is like, I'm not, yeah, I'm, no, and I'm thinking like, that's probably not good. Like, I'm not, I'm, I feel like I sound generous, but I'm, you know, I'm saying like, you know, it seems so vile at the same time. Well, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm over Instagram, but like, it's I yeah. There's definitely like a lot of issues that is not to like not to change the the topic too much, but like to quickly um so like I guess it was about a month ago at this point the the house uh, held these antitrust hearings um right. with the with the big four tech companies Google Apple Microsoft and um, what was the fourth one Amazon and Amazon um and this question kept coming up mostly from the democratic side actually which was basically like okay you guys are clearly attempting to steal the features of your competitors and that is uh 
like that that's an antitrust violation and i was like that doesn't sound like an antitrust violation that just sounds like a company like making a business decision <laughs> i don't know what's necessarily illegal about like copying a competitor's feature and like drawing users to it maybe it's anti-competitive to do that alongside a billion other features that draw people into your app and that's a discussion to have but there's a really kind of uh separation between a, a company just making like a, a business decision and a, and a company doing something anti-competitive and um if you look at something like instagram with with stories can they do that is there is there any reason they can't just copy that um, even if yeah you know it's like why not <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the ethics of that would be, but yeah. something to look into. Anyway, that was off topic, but it was no, very interesting no. to look I mean, Yeah, I guess it's like kind of, it. it's like, it associates with this, you know, new fit, this other, this new, like, copycat, in quotation marks, thing from Instagram, where it's, you know, I feel like it's copying TikTok now, which, I, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, I feel like, you know, Instagram, stop doing this, like, go like go go make up your own go be original or go like make up your own stuff don't stop like copying from other platforms but um yeah it's like because now we have instagram reels happening which is literally tiktok for instagram so i wonder i mean if tiktok goes away you know i feel like instagram will have this thing that will em that has already emerged but i think you know it could grow especially with young people who use instagram the most so I wonder if people would even miss TikTok, which would be really sad because I just, you know, as someone who doesn't really, I don't care for Instagram as mm -hmm. much as I used to or other mm -hmm. platforms. And I've been just super like drawn, even though it's only been like two weeks, I've been super drawn to TikTok. I would, I would be kind of disheartened in a way because I feel like TikTok has come from just a more, I don't know. I just, it, I feel like it's just come from a more creative and like, energetic light than other platforms for sure i mean i i go on tiktok more than instagram for sure um yeah i'm like all over instagram yeah really it's like it's instagram. gone very it's gone very cluttered it's lost it's lost a lot of its heart there's a part of me also that i should never doubt mark zuckerberg and instagram's ability to draw in users to whatever they want but to me instagram reels feels like an extension of facebook in a way that tiktok does not and there's something very attractive about there being another social media platform that is not owned by facebook yeah. and maybe other people <laughs> don't care about this but um i i kind of do i'm not you know i still have my facebook i still have my instagram i'm i'm not one of those people that's actually like gone ahead and deleted it but i don't necessarily think that Facebook owning Facebook and Instagram is a good thing and I would not necessarily be a fan of them also now owning you know effectively owning whatever TikTok becomes um so that's not really up to me it's more a matter of whether or not people just start using it <laughs> because they didn't acquire anything right they just copied but I'm kind of uncomfortable with the whole thing and I, I think it would kind of kill it for me at least. Yeah, I think that's something that we, I think we both kind of agree with that. Yeah. It would be kind of a disheartening experience for both of us. I wouldn't use, I I don't think I would use Instagram Reels. It seems just kind of dumb. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah me either, honestly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, I mean, so, so I guess we, we both pretty much agree that if TikTok does leave us, which would be, like, we would, like, I think we would both, like, feel more, I feel like, I feel like we both lean towards opposing the idea of TikTok being banned because we're, we would be losing that sense of creativity and an app that truly knows the user and, you know, and of, in, of course, this whole power of the algorithm and how just unique this app has become because of that. I'm in favor of an American company acquiring all of TikTok. Yeah, me, me too. That, I mean, that, that'd be the ideal state, really. I'm, I'm inherently uncomfortable with, uh, with, the current, with the current state of things. I'm also would be disappointed by 
things not working as intended in the future if it's kind of broken up. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully, even if it is Microsoft, I actually think they're like an extremely well-run company and I think they would do fine with it if they were just to buy it. Um, yeah, so totally. If they wanted to do that, I'd be I'd be cool with it. Um, and not that we need more big tech consolidation, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I think it it would be sad to see. You know, I feel like a lot of people have found their voice on this platform, and it would be kind of sad to kind of watch that take get taken away from them. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean. I have, really so much, I have so much fun on there. That's like the really, we, we've gone into the politics for a while now, but like the essence of this conversation is that both of us have a really good time on TikTok and, and just like using it. And we can't, honestly, neither of us can say that about any other social media platform. Um, we, don't, we don't actually like, like using Twitter per se, right? It's just like a thing that we do. I think yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty special in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. So would you, I mean, do you feel okay spending, I mean, not, I don't know if this is like going back to like that whole downside of spending too much time on TikTok, but how much, I mean, what is like the extent of time for your usage of TikTok? Like, can you go on it for 30 minutes and feel like that's a good en- en- amount of time for you? Um, I go on it for 30 minutes. I feel like that's good. Once again, like there's no ending. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's really. I feel like with TikTok, 30 minutes feels like five minutes because you're having a lot minutes. of fun. It is truly like the ultimate test of self control is like how little time can you spend on TikTok? Because um, there's, there's better things to do. I mean, um, like we shouldn't be spending all of our time on TikTok. But as an alternative, um, like I, I could say for myself, I think time I spend on there is probably taking away from time I spend on other platforms. And I think that's great. Like anything, honestly, to get me off of the other platforms uh, a little yeah, bit. It's a good way. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I feel like TikTok kind of has its power of like, you know, t- it's like saving you from being too <laughs> absorbed in negativity on other platforms. Yeah, if, if that's just one like, role, no, it's done well. It, it's like... Yeah, it's it's saving you. It's like your own Spider Man. My own Spider Man. <laughs> TikTok as Spider Man. Yeah, Spidey. Okay, I feel I like we've been going a while about TikTok. So uh, I think yeah, I feel good about this. I think we can move on to our our content picks. I mean, my content pick is TikTok, but you know we'll get more specific. <laughs> so. So uh, wait, your content is TikTok? No, I'm kidding. Um, but okay. it probably would be <laughs> if I could. So let's, because it's now tradition, you have to start. So have fun. Go. Did you come up with a name with this yet? <laughs> no, if anyone has an idea for... Even more for segment, content for you. Even more content for you. Yeah, okay. I was going to try and add on that. that. I like that. This is even really? more content for oh, you. Oh, no. We're going with it. <laughs> You heard it here okay. first. And we have we established that I'm going, I'm just going to go first. You're just going to go first, yeah. All right, great. Okay, this is even more content for y'all. So, so my content pick is the new Charlie Kaufman film that's out on Netflix now. It's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And I, I was super stoked for this film since I am deeply drawn to Charlie Kaufman's work from his first ever film, Synecdoche, New York, to one of my all-time favorites, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This film, oh man, (laughs) this film was certainly a lot to process, especially being constantly alone with our thoughts in such a life-altering period that we're all going through. Um, This film is quite literally about a young woman who is on a road trip with her partner of about seven weeks to meet his family in a remote farm country, a really creepy, like, remote farm country and as the title says she is thinking of ending things and oh man I think Charlie Kaufman is at his most creative and most radical and overall most eccentric when making this film it's just so brilliant I don't who I don't know if anyone listening if you've seen any of his films um they're great it's just so brilliant how Kaufman can pick apart the human psyche in such rare endeavors especially 
in each of his films, he's trying to display someone's subconscious when they're trying to fix a relationship, either with another person or with the self. And I'm not very, I'm not quite good at talking about film without giving away spoilers. Um, so I'll try and make, this, I'll try and make this easy. But what makes this film his most unique, in my opinion, is that Kaufman makes this movie about the young woman simply sitting in this thought of ending the relationship. She isn't trying to cross a bridge or anything. The film is legit, like a gradual crack in this relationship that she's already made up her mind in. And Kaufman exposes this character's psyche in like the most egocentric and irreverent ways that makes it so like incredibly weird and trippy, which is like super typical of this filmmaker. And it's great. And I loved it. This film just keeps making you think, how did he come up with these eccentric choices? Um, it makes me wish that I could literally sit at a coffee shop with him and we can talk about the making of the film together. And I'm super into weird creations, so I dig this film a lot. Oh, and the cast is great, too. Like, Jesse Buckley, Jesse Plemons. We're going with the Jessies in this film, clearly. Uh, Tony Collette's also in it. Um, it is, it's a small cast, but it's great. Um, super well done. And yeah, that, that's my content pick. Um, it, it's on Netflix, and I will say, if you're thinking of watching it, it is, it's pretty melancholic of a film, so I would just watch with caution, um, since, you know, 2020 is just obviously such, it, it's rough for all of us right now, so watch at your own pace. And yeah, <laughs> that's my, that's my content pick. Even more I'm, content for you. I'm not thinking of ending things, but I am thinking of watching that. Oh my god. I spent that entire time thinking of that joke. Okay. Um, or no, we, we don't have to talk. We can talk about this offline. That was, seen any of that was a really good uh, description. I'm super into really? the... Yeah, I mean, I didn't see that movie, I just pulled that, that out of my ass. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> I just... And, um, mine's gonna not... I just not, need to get myself out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's gonna not be nearly as eloquent, because my... Uh, content is not as serious as that movie. I feel like I just came off super off-putting when describing like this film because it was just my crazy mind coming. So, no, anyways. but that it, that makes people want to watch it because you like are clearly like clearly passionate about it. Um, so anyway, uh, my my pick is very random. Um, literally no um, societal context. There is nothing groundbreaking about it. It's literally just a book I read and liked. So my pick is the, <laughs> my book. My, my pick is the book of the Martian, as in the Matt Damon movie, um, about <laughs> about a guy, an astronaut who uh, who gets stuck on Mars and what he does. And oh, that sucks. I hate it when that happens. It was yeah, me too. Me too. It's the worst. It was honestly just a super enjoyable book. I, I picked it up because I wanted like a, a fun read and I got through it real quick because, uh, you know, Andy Weir wrote it and it's a pretty technical book uh, in the sense that to the extent that it can be realistic, it is kind of realistic. Uh, it's, it's pretty grounded and it's not, it's not too sci-fi-y or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's pretty science-based and um, but he wrote it in a way that's very accessible, honestly funny. Uh, the, the main character is like a joy to hang out with the entire time, which is very important when he takes up like 75% of the book by himself because he's alone on Mars. So <laughs> I don't have much more to add here, but I will say I really, really like the book. Uh, and I'm going to now, probably tonight, watch the movie, which I saw when it came out five years ago or so maybe more than that um but I haven't seen sense and I've heard it's a pretty bad adaptation of the book but it is a movie that got really good reviews so I'm interested to see uh you know if there are changes from the book which it seems there are what they're going to be and how that's how that's handled in a way that still results in a good movie if it results in a good movie um but don't watch the movie read the book because the book was great and that is the Martian and that is my pick. Nice. I so do you think you're 
how, how have you been with your reading game just like in 2020? Yeah, so uh, it's, been, it's been really interesting. I So I think I've read, I'm up to like 18 books this this year something like that uh, um yeah, which uh, which sounds like a lot but it's actually been very up and down like i read i read probably like 10 of those books in the first three months um and then it's it's slowed down quite a bit since then uh maybe even more than that in the first three months but uh luckily in the last couple weeks it's picked up again I, i've read basically like two or three books in the last three weeks uh and it, it's been it's been nice just to like get a change of visual and live in a analog world and uh you know I do read on my iPad most of the time but it's still fairly analog I'm at least reading text um and mm-hmm. I- I'm hoping I can keep it going the rest of the year it's-, it's certainly a challenge it's like once again it is another piece of content you know probably a more valuable piece of content but it's it's another thing to to juggle in in this thing we are trying to figure out on this podcast uh <laughs> and i really like them when they're when they're good and i think i just probably need to be better about giving up on books that i'm not that i'm not feeling i feel like we're both like pretty drawn to non to mm-hmm. like works of nonfiction. do you feel like it's easier right now to do you feel more drawn to fictional books or do you feel like it's easier to get through like a work of fiction than it is getting through like a work of nonfiction right now just because I, it's, it's just you're getting through like a story. I do, oh. which is really, okay. it is really, I was curious about that. It is really uncommon for me. I've mostly read uh, like exclusively nonfiction my, you know, for as long as I've been uh, like seriously reading the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. And, but, but recently it's been quite nice to read some fiction and and just kind of like escape for a bit and fall into a story i will say i've also been really into narrative nonfiction lately so for example like the classic example of this would be like moneyball right uh where you're getting a oh, like it. a great a great story but it is it is nonfiction and there's things to learn and and michael lewis is so good at that uh or, or just like really more accessible nonfiction. So, like Gia Tolentino's like Trick Mirror is one of my favorite books in the world, and it's you know it, it tackles some fairly serious things, but in a way that's that's super fun to read. Um, but I will say I'm reading uh, Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow right now, which has been on my list for a very, very long time. Oh, um, I've read it. It's good. Yeah, I, and, I read it through a whole flight. It's great. Yeah, so I'm. I'm this was years ago, but I I love it. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Yeah, so I I'm about a hundred pages in, so I'll have I'll have more next podcast. But I'm like reading that concurrently with a book about like the process, like the Sixers process, <laughs> um, and they're both kind of fun. But like I will say, it's kind of hard to concentrate on serious nonfiction at the moment, and that's something I'd like to work on and um, what I want to get better at for sure because it's still one of my favorite things uh and so fascinating of course it's just something that when there's a ton going on in the world it's kind of hard to sit there and and read it at at times yeah I was gonna say well I feel like you're doing a way better job than I am because um I really like since beginning of March I really have not been reading to like I I've read books but like not as much because it's the same thing I feel like it's just so hard to focus on anything right now like I can read I can get through like I think different articles because it's just shorter formed writing I can I can go back to like old culture reviews I can read like new articles that are talking about whatever um but yeah I just it's just so hard to I'm really trying to like get back into my reading game I already know that I'm not hitting like my reading goal this year but that's okay I don't think anybody is if you are, then I don't know how you did it, but yeah. I will say, it's, it's hard, uh, okay, we should clearly have an episode about reading because we have a lot to say, but I, um, yeah, we're both avid readers. Reading goals have actually been pretty harmful to me in the past. Um, they, I've, I've done them, like my goal this year was like 15 books or something and I, I, I did hit it, but maybe I should have had a higher goal. Um, and, uh, That's pretty good. 
but I, I fall into a trap, honestly. Like last year, my goal was, I think, 20 books or something like that. And I, uh-huh. near the end, like it was, it was a bit of a stretch. And I found myself like deliberately reading shorter books so I could hit my goal. And that, that is not the reason that that goal exists, right? You shouldn't be like altering what you read just to hit the goal. That's pretty, that's pretty dumb. Um, so I, I did, I lowered my goal this year in an effort to be like, okay, this is still making sure I'm reading like an okay amount, but not, uh, not a number that is going to actually hurt me more than it's helping. That's funny that you say that. Cause I feel like, yeah, I, I can totally see your point of like, when you make a reading goal, it might do more harm than good because I feel like, Yeah, for example, like reading like books that are shorter, even if they're not like the books that you really want to be reading. But I feel like for me, when I, when I like make a reading goal, I feel like even if I am reading a book that I actually am like very interested in, like in reading and learning about, I find myself, I feel like I'm almost, I feel forced to just get through the book without actually processing what it is that I'm consuming. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like, oh my gosh, I have to like read this whole thing in like a week. Like it doesn't just like, just go through the pages and, and you know, it's fo- just like, you know, get this done. Um, but yeah, I think, I feel like I've sometimes, at times I've like developed a not great habit where I'll try and just get through like a longer book and just, you know, I'm not really processing what it is that I'm learning or what it is that I'm getting out of it and that I am just wanting to get it done so I can like hit this goal. It's almost like I want to, you know, I feel like it's like you feel pressure to be like, oh, look at me. I'm an avid reader and I've like read all these books. But it's like, are you really, pro- that's like, are you really processing? Like it, it doesn't, it shouldn't have to matter how many books you read. It, you should go at your own pace. Cause I know, I know myself and I'm a slow, I'm really slow when it's processing information. So I, yeah, I need to work on that. Yeah. I, it's, I just have to pick a book and read it. It's pretty I think for people like us, it's kind of hard to not think of everything within the context of the goal and and trying to, you know, you're not just doing something. This is like a a big thing I've struggled with in the past is I want to be able to do something just because like I want to do it and not because it's for something. Um, And I think reading kind of really falls in that category where I know it's something that's good for me. I know it's something I enjoy. So how can I find ways to, to make sure I'm doing it in a way that is, that is beneficial and um, enjoyable without it becoming too much of a chore? Yeah, I get, I, I totally get that for sure. I'm, I'm now thinking about that tweet that went viral where it was like, here are the warning signs on a man's oh shelf. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't have any Ernest Hemingway, you're in the clear. I, I, uh, not with kidding. I thought that it was, that was a stupid tweet. I didn't understand it. I did. I like, really don't care. I, did I don't like care read, what I read Hemingway in like Paris once. That was like really pretty cliche. <laughs> wow. I, that's something that I feel like I would do, but I have not done that. Maybe someday. I mean, it was truly like, I'm not even sure I enjoyed it. Like, once again, to what I was just saying, it was like, okay, I am now in Paris. I'm going to read this Hemingway. And it's not because, <laughs> you know, for no Great. reason other than like, oh, this is something I should do. Um, so it, it's, pretty, it's pretty iffy. But I will say, like, reading a book like The Martian, or I just read um, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch, which was so much fun. Um, like, these are just like dumb fun books and there was something really refreshing about it um and just like letting myself read them and 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 have fun with it um so i, I think that i think we should talk about this more at some point like i i'd be curious this is foreshadowing a future episode yeah like i want to hear more about like you, you talked a little bit about uh your retention of books and like i i want to think like do you highlight your books and like do you take notes or like are you just hoping you remember things I, like how do you action? Like, there's so much to discuss. <laughs> there's a lot. Wow, I didn't think we'd, like, be in this long conversation about the books that we read and how we read them, but I feel like that's good. <laughs> See, we do things other than Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> yeah, look at, yeah, we, we do. Where we actually, like, you know, 
we go to things that's not really on the internet. Although you did, well, uh, you read from, well, I guess you read on your iPad. So I, I read, so, um, I read fiction um, in paper and I read nonfiction on my Kindle. So I can- uh, Oh, that's something to dive into because I don't use a Kindle. I've never like read through like the form of technology. I've always just been, well, I mean, when it comes to like books, because I mean, I read articles like online, but- um, that's funny. I want to, that's something to dive into. So I've well, never really been into the whole like Kindle iPad thing. I really do it so I could, well, first of all, oftentimes I will hear about a nonfiction book and want to immediately access it. So that would be my, uh, my way to do it. But also, uh, I, I do highlight my nonfiction books and we can have a conversation about how I don't ever go back and look at those highlights, but I do highlight them while I'm reading it. So, um, it makes it very easy that if I did want to go back and, and you know, group them all together, I, I could in the future um, without having to go dig through, dig through all the pages. But that's a topic for a different day. Yeah. No, oh, man. So interesting. Wow. I can't believe we like, were able to talk about this for a long time. Books? I mean, they've been around for a while, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. We should probably wrap this up. Thanks for listening. um i don't know what we're talking about on the next episode i think life is kind of a mess right now but like just bear with us we're we're gonna keep things interesting you know gonna keep it interesting we don't know what's happening tomorrow so how are we supposed to know what's happening two weeks from now yeah we're i feel like us and just everyone's kind of a wreck right now but you know what just bear with us bear with us gonna be great we're gonna just keep doing this thing (laughs) we are Okay, that's episode three. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, follow yeah, Emily share on it with your friends. <laughs> follow us on TikTok. I'm not gonna. We can watch. I mean, I'm not posting videos. If Max does, watch you know his what? videos. If we get up to like, uh, if we get like 20 ratings on iTunes within the next like month, I'll, I'll post TikTok and Caroline will. Talk. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Sounds good. But, like, if you want to see, okay, go for it. Okay, bye. Sorry, bye. More content for you was created by Max Fang, Caroline Dowden, and recorded in the comfort of our own homes using Zoom, which is ironic given the topic of this show. More content for you is produced and edited by Emily Bank. <laughs>